Hey there, Kevin Heron Addict. Hey. Here tonight. Um, it's Friday, January 2nd, 2014. Um, it's the day that God separated me from heroin, crack, and alcohol for the, the last time. Um, I came to treatment from a little town in Ohio uh, on New Year's Day, not by like plan. It wasn't like a New Year's resolution. I'm going to get sober this year or some like crazy shit like that because I was in an absolute fog, you know. Um, I work in the treatment industry and I love that, but uh, there's some parts of the treatment industry like doesn't do people like me that are hopeless any justice. Um, and one of those things is, you know, you get, I get the opportunity to teach a lot of people about triggers and stuff like that. And I don't really believe that for myself. Um, I have one trigger, it's called consciousness. I don't enjoy it. It's really painful. I like to be completely blacked out and walking around at the same time. I'm that state of mind. Everything is okay. I can do whatever, like all like the nine step promises, like fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. All of that shit is true for me when I'm completely blacked out and still walking around. Um, and the way that I like to achieve that state is to smoke a lot of crack and shoot a lot of dope. That's, you know, maybe he'll sprinkle Xanax on top of it just for fun. Cause you know, stealing stuff is great. Um, but yeah, it gets weird, but, uh, you know, I have a pretty, like, not a normal childhood because I was homeschooled. You know, I, my parents were pretty religious. Um, but, you know, no, like, nothing that I would identify as, like, greatly traumatic or anything like that. Um, most of my uh, experience before finding drugs and alcohol at the age of like 14 or 15 was an overwhelming feeling of not being good enough, of not being able to fit in, of not being okay. Um, and that is exactly what alcohol, that's where I started out, fixed in me. Um, alcohol allowed me to deal with stress, allowed me to like, no matter what happened throughout the day, I knew like I could blow off some steam uh, at some point later on that day or that week or whatever. Cause you know, it didn't start off while I was drinking and smoking pot every day. It started off, I did that on the weekends. And then that I found out that, Hey, you know, manipulate, lie a little bit, arrange my life a certain way. I can, I can wake and bake and then I can you know, drink at night. Um, and so I did that. And, you know, in my early twenties, like late teens, like I would you know laugh at people that are stressed out at life. Like, dude, they make this shit. It's called marijuana smoke it stress goes the fuck away you know you mix in a few beers a little scotch like it's even better like there's no need to be stressed out you're a fucking square like loosen the fuck up why would anyone ever be stressed and what i didn't realize at that time is like i had found the shortcut to life the bypass for like needing to emotionally develop or deal with anything hard ever so i didn't because i didn't need to so when i got sober at 32 i basically was emotionally about 16 years old and I had to grow the fuck up um, because I had found a way to avoid growing the fuck up. You know, as Peter Pan, I found a way to be fucking stay young for 16 years. That's exactly what I wanted to do because, like I said, consciousness is not my forte. Um, so when I got here, you know, I got off a plane in LAX, uh, barely able to put sentences together. You know, I literally was running into walls and the stuff that was going on up here would not come out my mouth in the right order. Um, 
and it was like that for about the first 30 days. I was some shade of green. I was about 20, 30 pounds lighter than I am. Actually, probably about 40 pounds lighter than I am right now. And, um, you know, really, really close to dying. Um, and, you know, the, the, one of the, like the last like things that like really got me to like accept treatment was, um, this court case that I had, you know, cause I was basically staying well, I'm not getting high anymore. I mean, you know, I'm smoking crack, I'm still getting high, but that's like 15 seconds and then, and then I'm not high anymore. And I'm like shooting a lot of dope and it's really expensive to, to do that. And I'm staying well and maybe like finding 15 seconds of relief a day. And that's about it. Um, but even that was worth it because you take that away and it's 24 hours a day, every day of fucking terror and agony. And I'm not good enough and I'm not, not okay. And like, I'm not never going to be okay. Um, so right at the end there, um, you know, drugs are expensive and I had a pretty vicious habit and, uh, I decided I needed more money for drugs and I decided that, you know, working a job was going to take too long. So I just decided to cut out all the middlemen and print my own money. Oh yeah. It worked really, really well. I'm a smart guy. Um, and uh, secret service showed up about six months later and said, stop that. And they have a way of making an entrance, you know, where you, you, I was scared shitless or to put it that way. Um, and, you know, they'd estimated that I had counterfeited somewhere close to half a million dollars, which I don't know, probably true. I don't know. You know, there was like eight or nine of us that were photocopying 20s, just like a little rinky-dink shit. We didn't have like pressing plates or anything like fun. It was just a sales act. You go to nice neighborhoods, buy a pack of gum with a fake 20, ask the clerk about like how shitty his day was. And he wouldn't ask you about, you know, he wouldn't pull out the pen, walk out of there, throw money and do that three or four times and enough to at least, you know, find a little bit of relief for that day. Um, but that came to an end, obviously. And I'm looking at, you know, federal time and I'm looking at being 120 pounds and being sick all the time and not being able to defend myself or take care of myself. And the, the idea of going to jail death seemed like a better alternative to me because that scared me fucking to death. Um, so for the first time in my life, I contemplated suicide. You know, and really like meant it. Like this has seemed like the logical, reasonable, rational choice for my life right now is to end it because I'm pretty much fucking off everybody that I love. You know, I probably in the last six months pawned my mother's engagement ring. I, you know, stolen from my sister's piggy bank. Like some real like just scumbag shit. Like every piece of valuable metal from the copper to the gold I like stripped out of my parents' house. Like it's, it was, I, if I loved you, I'd fucking robbed you at that point. And, uh, you know, putting other people out of, out of my misery uh, seemed like the best thing to do. So, you know, I'd, done, I'd had some experiences as a child where, like, I pretty, was pretty sure I was not invited into, like, the, the heaven club. I pretty much, like, fucked that off for, for me. Um, and I was pretty sure I wanted no part of it anyway because it was a weird, strange thing. And, you know, my, my sisters are missionaries and my parents are pretty religious and, like, it was not something that I wanted anything to do with, but that moment of contemplating suicide, I, you know, I didn't even say a prayer out loud with my thoughts. I still remember it clear as day going in my head. I was like, man, if you're up there, I'm fucked. And if you're really you, like, I need some goddamn help. 
and you know, I'm sitting outside of this little like uh, Knights Inn in a part of Columbus called the Bottoms and my grandmother calls and my grandmother is probably the most like she's on a sick spiritual trip she's like grew up in like the charismatic movement in the catholic church and she prays in tongues and like does all this stuff and that's fucking awesome she's a badass like spiritual warrior lady like she's she fully embraces and lives what she believes in and i i respect her greatly for that um i would not have had that stance seven years ago but i've, I've come to love and respect her for that um and she's the one that called me right after i said this prayer so just like yeah i see what you did there asshole all right okay um and first words are my mother gonna want to go treatment you know and i've been dying you know slowly a little bit of time for the like the three years before that and everyone around me saw it happening and i would was offered treatment a bunch of times and it's like no nah, I'm, I'm good i've got this great life. i'm gonna turn it around i just need a job you know, or I just need to like get this or that. And then I'm going to be okay. I'm going to turn around. Meanwhile, I'm homeless, you know, like I'm living on the street, living on my car, whatever I got. I'm hustling every single day. Um, and uh, I get off that plane in LAX and I go to a treatment center that's local here um, seven years ago and I'm scared fucking shitless. And even at that point, I was not wanting or willing or any desire to be sober. I desire to not smoke crack anymore, not shoot dope, because I figured like that's a problem. You like normal people don't really ever do that successfully for a long period of time. But to not smoke weed and not drink beer, that thought was not even close to my mind. It's in fact I was sure that I was going to do that again a hundred percent. Um and this weird thing happened when I got to treatment is that I got better physically and like I put on weight and I could start to like talk and think and relate to people in this somewhat normal way. I still like, hated myself inside and still definitely did not want to talk to you. But at the same time, definitely wanted you to talk to me because fuck all the time in my head. Um, I, as I got better physically, I got worse mentally. The voices got louder. And you know, my, my dialogue inside my head is usually, you fuck that up. God, she hates you. You should have said that, you dumbass. Why don't you say this instead? And that's like the constant loop that goes on inside of here all the fucking time um, because I'm not good enough. You know, that's, that's what being a drug addict at its core is. I have this weird belief that this thing, this substance that's outside of me, when I put it into me, I become enough. I inherently over and over and over and over and over again tell myself that I'm not enough by fucking sticking a needle in my vein. And I end up believing that lie. You know, the big book tells us that Deep down in every man and woman and child is a fundamental idea of God. And the last analysis is only there that he, she, it, whatever that thing is, may be found. Meaning that the truth is that in of myself, in, in communion with the universe, with God, with whatever, I am enough. I am inherently enough. I have everything that I need. I didn't gain anything when I came into these rooms. I lost a whole bunch of shit. You know, the, the steps were... A, a process of which I was able to cut away the stuff that was blocking me from living my, my higher purpose, my truth, a life that was okay, instead of constantly striving, needing, grasping for that thing, that, that lie that I need this to be okay, I need she to be okay, I need that to be okay. Um, and the, you know, I've I, I identify as a, as a recovered heroin addict, and it doesn't mean that 
I am cured. Please do not get that twisted. I have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition, which means that for me, I have to wake up every morning. I have to connect to power. Um, I do that typically by reading some weird spiritual shit and meditating, um, maybe saying a prayer. And that's, that gets my day off. Right. Then I have to like help you, you know, you, the, the connection that I get that, that one-on-one -on -one thing, that God that happens when two or more are in his midst. Like when I love you, that power flows through me. And it cleans out a little bit more of this shit that, that I have I'm on this path to loving you. Um, and that connection like that, like showing up to meetings, working with other people, um, doing prayer and meditation, like going through the steps, the thing that like keeps me uh, connected, keeps me grounded, keeps me in a place where, you know, life is not great all the time, but I'm in a place like the 10 step promises where I'm place of neutrality i'm safe and protected the problems are removed um you know it, not by my own doing this power steps in and keeps me separated from from whatever that thing is that was killing me um and my job is not even to stay sober anymore because if you look at the steps it talks about like not doing drugs only step one the rest of the steps are about connecting to a power greater than ourselves that's already inside of you whatever you want to conceive of that power you call that thing fantastic that's why, like, you know, they say, you know, make power whatever you want. We kind of trick you with that. Because later on the step, we have to make the decision that either God is everything or God is nothing. So you can pick anything and you're going to be right because later on you have to say, oh, yeah, God's everything. So whatever you picked is inherently right. Um, but the that power keeps me sober. As long as I do what I need to do to stay connected to that, I get these weird things like this vital sixth sense, these intuitive thoughts, these these coincidences, these miracles, whatever you want to call them, where I get to have like a successful, happy life. I get to walk through my day from a place of being, you know what I mean? Like enough. Okay. You know, not, I'm not better than, I'm not less than. Um, whereas when I walked in the first time, I felt so dramatically worse and less than everybody that ever came across. So in order to counteract that, I had to prove that I was better than you in some way, you know, maybe I won't talk to you. You know, if I don't talk to you, I can make up whatever I want to think about you in my head and then it, I'm safe and I can prove in my own head that I'm better than you and counteract this lie that I start, that I started from that I based my entire life off of um, until I found out the truth. You know, the truth that I, that I learned here is that me connected to power, like I inherently enough, I don't need anything outside of that. Um, and, you know, doing that to the best of my ability, which some days sucks really, really bad. Um, and other days I feel like I'm fucking Gandhi. Like that's, that's what it is. Like that's, that's the way it goes. And I just do my best whenever I can, wherever I can, I stay connected and I stay protected. Um, and I get to have weird experiences like becoming a, a type one diabetic at 34 years old and have syringes enter back into my life you know this is something that i like uh medical science tells me i should be extremely triggered by and i'm gonna have to go like through therapy and like understand like what am i gonna do with this this new like stressor and i looked at it and like eh, this bag of syringes and i should not have a bag of syringes right because i'm an iv heroin addict like i like to shoot speed balls i like to smoke crack and i like to you know like stick things in my veins i at the end there like I would shoot water just to go through the ritual of it all because there was something calming about even that. Um, 
And so I'm holding this and I'm remembering some of the good times because, you know, like drugs are weird, man. You have some fun, like fucked up, like out there shit. That's really a lot of fun. And I thought about that and we're talking like maybe 45 minutes of, you know, euphoric recall, but never once was I triggered. Never once was like, oh man, like I'm going to go fucking like, I got the needles now so I can get, I can get some dope and I'll, I'm set. Like that didn't even occur to me. And that is only because of this power, you know, like whatever you want to call that power. Um, and I continue to have experiences like that. And I continue to, um, I'll wrap up short right here. Uh, I continue to go through life um, and at the end of it, I'll be okay. I continue to be convinced on a lot that it's not going to be okay, that I fucked it up yet again, or she needs to behave a certain way in order for me to be okay, or this needs to happen for me to be okay. Um, and I forget that truth that like you inherently start from that, like God's really in control. I'm not. My job is just to be the actor, the child and the agent and the employee and walk through life with that like mentality. And when I do that, like everything seems to work itself out. I do my small little part and that that's all that I'm supposed to do. Um, and, you know, uh, had the opportunity, the opportunity, man, I've been fucking forced to work the steps a few times in the seven years, like, because I get to these places where I'm yet again at the end of myself. Um, and every time I come to the steps, I'm 100% sure that it's not going to work. When I came to the steps the first time, like you told me that I would never even want to shoot dope or smoke crack or, you know, except for maybe a fleeting thought about drinking that it's, that's all it's going to be. You're a fucking liar. There's no way that that's true. Today I stand before you, that's true. You know, or like uh, going through like a really like fucked up situation in my relationship. And like, I'm sure that like going through this process is not going to invite God into it and, and bring healing and fix the thing in a way better way than I want it to be fixed. And I'm sure that's not going to happen. I go through the process and lo and behold, like power steps in and it works itself out despite my best intentions or my best efforts. Um, and what we have here, what we are able to access here is, is way beyond staying sober one long fucking miserable day at a time. You know, it's a way of existing in life that keeps us present to the moment, keeps us awake to this idea that there's a fucking power out there that is inherently good, inherently wants the best for you and inherently provides. You being here is evidence of that. You survived every single day up to this point. And if you're in this room, it hasn't been an easy road. Um, so, you know, I guess the, the last thing I want to say is just that um, whatever you're sure that you can't overcome, um, maybe fuck around with the steps. That's all I got.